Three years ago, I sat in my closet and started recording this podcast. I re-recorded the intro about 10 times before I decided on one I liked, and I definitely re-recorded the first episode a handful of times too, if I'm admitting things here. I didn't know if anyone at all would listen, and now we have over a thousand listeners every single week. There are three seasons with over 90 episodes in total, 94,000 downloads from Spain to Australia to Germany to the Bahamas. Whoever's listening into the, from the Bahamas, shout out. I wish I was there with you. All to listen to little old me, a fifth grade teacher from a small town in New York who fell in love with marketing strategy while sitting behind the computer at a brick and mortar store that her sister talked her into opening. And yes, this episode is not just the end of this season, it's the actual finale, which doesn't mean that my business is shutting down. It's not. In fact, it's ramping up. I'll tell you more about my plans at the end of this episode. There's a lot happening inside Teacher Hustle University and with my other programs too. Lots of great things happening. It's simply time for me to create long-form content in a different way. It's been a long, long time, and I just think that I'm due for a change. And to be honest, I don't really know what that looks like yet. I am trying a YouTube channel, but you all know me and video. It is not the easiest for me, so I will probably find my way back to podcasting at some point if I'm being honest. In any case, I'd like to take some space to think through how I can best support all of you going forward. You know I will come up with something really fun for sure. I have lots of ideas brewing. But for today's episode, I want to take a little walk down memory lane and share some of my favorite moments from the show, along with some fun facts along the way, and then I'll close out the episode with my predictions for marketing going forward, leave you with some last thoughts about marketing, and give a little word about where I'm headed next in my business. Okay, first fun fact. The top episode ever listened to with over 3,000 downloads is titled, Breaking It Down, How I Make Money in My Online Business. It was recorded in August of 2020. I'll link to it in the show notes of this episode if you want to go give it a listen. The episode has 15 listens from Italy. Hey, shout out to anybody that's listening from Italy. I wish I was there too. And 149 downloads from Dayton, Ohio. I don't know who is listening from Dayton, but shout out to you as well. I would love to play you a little clip from that episode, breaking it down, how I make money in my online business to do a little throwback. So here we go. This mindset shift is for those of us who tend to think of our businesses as a side hustle. It's something we do when we have time. Maybe we create products that we can use in our own classroom or that we can use in our own lives. But there's something holding you back from viewing your business as a business and viewing yourself as a business owner. The thing is that as teachers, we're used to having a paycheck. We're in a paycheck frame of mind. Every two weeks or every month or whenever you get paid, money is deposited into your bank account. It's likely the same amount of money in each paycheck. And so because of the nature of our jobs, The amount of work we put in 
doesn't determine the amount of money in our paycheck. Some nights we stay late, some nights we're the last car in the parking lot, some nights we stay up till midnight, one in the morning grading papers, some summers we spend a whole month or the entire summer in our classroom putting things together, but our paycheck remains the same. Which is fine, a paycheck is great, I'm not knocking a paycheck. But you can't go into a business with a paycheck frame of mind, because a business is entirely different. You, of course, aren't guaranteed a paycheck, but you're also not limited by a paycheck. In fact, the amount of money you can make with a business is unlimited. It's limited only by your commitment to grow your offerings, to learn, to get your products out into the world. If we try to run our business from a paycheck mindset, then we are constantly trying to guarantee ourselves a certain amount of money. We're working to get this amount that we have set in our minds, and that's actually limiting us in a big way. We're running our business from a place of fear. We're trying to make our business fit a mold. We spend our days just kind of hoping our business will pay us the amount we wish we could make, sort of like a paycheck would. So here's the shift. Just because a business doesn't bring you a guaranteed paycheck doesn't mean that you should build your business on hopes and wishes. You don't have to hope you'll make money in your business. That's the thing. You don't have to wish you would make money in your business. You simply need to be what you need to be to grow your business. You need to start being a business owner. Not someone who does this on the side, not someone who who looks at this as a side hustle, not someone who lists their products every once in a while and wishes people would find them and buy them. To kind of put this in perspective, I want you to picture in your mind a business owner who you think of as like a true boss, a true business owner. I think about Catherine. Catherine is an amazing woman. She owns our local co-working space. I talk about it all the time in my podcast and in the membership because I so admire her business model. And I love that she's a small business and I love her co-working space and everything about it. Uh, To me, Catherine is the epitome of a true boss, a true business owner. So she had just started this co-working space right before COVID hit. I think maybe a couple of months before COVID hit, uh, she had started this co-working space, which is, of course, you pay as a member to go and use the physical space and eat there and drink coffee. So it's a business that's really based in live community. It's a business that's based in getting together to work. And so when COVID hit, obviously that was devastating for her business. If she was in that paycheck frame of mind, she probably would have said, well, this is it. COVID hit. There's nothing I can do. I'm not going to get a paycheck. She would have given up. She would have shut down. It would have been really easy for her to do that. Not to say that it was that it's easy for any business to shut down during the times of COVID. I realize that some businesses had no choice. But I really admire the way that she didn't get down on the questions like, 
why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to my business? Instead, she turned it around like a true boss, a true business owner. And she said to herself, what can I do to keep the money flowing through my business? How can I navigate these times? How can I change my business to meet the needs of my audience now? And that was a tough shift for all business owners, whether it's an online business owner or someone with a brick and mortar store, any kind of a business during that time. How do I navigate this time? How do I meet the needs of my audience if I still can? I am still so inspired by Catherine to this day. I still love popping into that co-working space. Um, I still definitely believe in that mindset shift of really opening ourselves up to what a business can give us, both from the perspective of impact and income, and really being open to that and living into that and not just looking at it as a side hustle. That has been a huge shift, a difficult one, but it's made all the difference. Okay, the least listened to podcast episode is actually one of my personal favorites. It's called Choosing the Right Course, Coach, or Mentor. Shout out to the 23 people in Dallas, Texas who gave this one a listen. In this episode, I gave the following advice, which I still wholeheartedly agree with today. In this episode, I said, as teachers, I think we're used to being kind of scrappy. We're used to figuring things out on our own. We're the queens and kings of DIY. We love a good challenge. I don't know about you, though, but when I see a project on Pinterest and think I can do it myself, I always manage to royally screw it up. Sometimes DIY isn't the best choice. It isn't even always the quicker choice or the cheaper choice. Sometimes you end up spending more time, more money, and more energy trying to figure it all out and piecing it together yourself when you could have come out with a better quality product if you had taken the time to really learn the steps in the process from someone who has done it before and can teach you how. When it comes to marketing for your online business, you don't have time to waste, especially if this is your side hustle. If you try to DIY your marketing, I'll tell you right now how that might go for you, and I'll tell you one way you can be sure you won't waste time trying to figure out your own marketing ever again. Maybe you're a little scared because you've signed up for courses before and it hasn't been all it was cracked up to be, or you weren't able to complete the coursework for whatever reason. You'll have to let all that go when shopping around for a new way to learn about your business, This is a fresh start. Maybe take into consideration your own learning style and how you like content delivered and pay attention to that as you read about the different program offerings. Don't let the pressure of choice get to you. You will grow from every investment you make in your education around your business goals. You'll grow from every unique experience with a coach. And when you see growth as a result of your experience in one course, you'll feel confident enough to invest in another course. Even if the material in both courses happen to be exactly the same, each business coach would teach the material in a different way. Each coach has their own story, messaging, values, and experiences to bring to the table. Because of that, every experience in a course, membership, workshop, or conference will benefit your business. I still believe in that advice today for sure. Another fun fact, the Teacher Hustle podcast once made it to number three on the podcasting charts for marketing in the United States, which means 
I'm basically friends with Amy Porterfield, right? It was so much fun to watch the podcast climb and fall on the charts. And I certainly had my moments where I felt a little bit famous on this podcast. One of those moments was when I had my hero, Natalie Frank, on the podcast. It was on my birthday, so it felt like such a birthday treat. And I absolutely adore her and everything that she stands for and believes in, everything that she says. So I want to play you a little nugget from that episode. I say every podcast episode is my favorite when I'm done recording it, but this one is really the one. Natalie Frank is my soul sister when it comes to our love for small businesses, communities, and the spirit that drives value-based entrepreneurship. Natalie Frank Hayes is an entrepreneur, mobilization marketer, community builder, and neuroscience nerd. As one of the founders of the Rising Tide Society and the head of community at HoneyBook, she leads tens of thousands of creatives and small business owners while fostering a spirit of community over competition around the world. Natalie talks to us today about how we can get out of that toxic competition mindset and cut down comparison to make way for more impact and more income. She teaches us how to find our voice and our unique strengths and stand together as a greater community of entrepreneurs. In this compelling episode, Natalie teaches us that together we are better. Together we're making a greater impact on the world of education. If you're a teacher starting or growing an online business, this episode is a must listen. So sit back and enjoy this interview with Natalie. My talk to teachers who are struggling with this is what we call imposter syndrome, where they really are hesitant to put their great idea out into the world because they feel new, they feel like they're not big enough yet, they don't have a large enough following yet, they feel like no one will take them seriously yet. How can we push past that imposter syndrome to get our ideas out into the world? Because they do have wonderful ideas. So two things here. First, we have to acknowledge that even our heroes feel like imposters too. Even the biggest names or the people that you think would never doubt their ability, uh, they do. They do every day. And and that type of, of slight discomfort is actually quite a good thing. It keeps us innovating. It keeps us learning. It keeps us improving. I mean, as educators, you probably are the number one folks that would struggle with imposter syndrome because you are literally in a career field where you are constantly learning and improving and trying to help other people do the same thing. So this imposter syndrome is natural. It, we have to acknowledge it, but understand that it may never go away. Um, it may always just be that little whisper in the back of our minds. Um, now, it doesn't mean we can't combat it, and it doesn't mean that we can't work through it. And I think that leads me to the second point here, which is understanding that at every single stage of your life, of your development, of your business, you have something to offer. You have something incredibly valuable and important to say. And so to enable that imposter syndrome to stop you from actually going out and doing what you are meant to do and, and saying what you need to say and creating what you need to create and you know launching what you need to launch, then you're accepting failure before you've even begun. And the failure itself is something that, you know, you tell your students all the time. It's it's not really failure until you decide to let it stop you. If you keep using it as learning tools, as the ability to improve or to keep moving forward or just to refine ourselves and, and continue growing, then it's actually such a beautiful and incredible thing. And so you need to look at it the same way, except that it will potentially always be there and move forward anyway, move forward in spite of it, continue moving forward. And I'll add one last little bonus point here. You know, don't be afraid to talk about how you're feeling with others. I think imposter syndrome, loneliness, isolation, it wants to keep us quiet. It wants to keep us in our, our own corner. 
not able to talk about it, not able to communicate with others about it. But when you start to say, Hey, you know, I'm really feeling this way right now. Like this is where I'm at. This is how I genuinely am feeling. And you're able to open up in a safe space or with other people that you trust that, you know, care about you and your well-being, care about your business. Or, you know, like we talked about this at Tuesdays together, that's really a space where you're surrounded by people who get it. Um, you're going to find that you're not alone. And sometimes just that small sense of solidarity, that small moment of acknowledging, wow, you feel this way too? It's enough to ensure that you can keep pushing forward and you can keep moving past it. That was one of my favorite moments of the podcast of all time. Now, my other favorite thing to do, other than check the stats at who's listening and where they're listening from, my other favorite thing to do while I was recording this podcast was to read the reviews. They were always so kind and really reaffirming for me that the time that I spent creating podcast episodes, even if it was in the middle of the night while my kids were sleeping and I was hiding in the back of my closet, we moved like three times during the recording of these podcasts and it was really echoey at times, but it was all totally worth it. I had at one point a ton of one-star reviews, so that was really frustrating and a major bummer. I don't know what was up with that especially because that messes with your overall rating. You all probably know how that is. But I know that the right people find their way, no matter what noise is getting in the way. And all the positive reviews really, really made up for that. My first ever review was from username history, 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 who I, I know exactly who this is. And it says, Alyssa is full of practical advice and strategies for growing your online business. Love her down to earth approach on everything marketing. She's the real deal. So thank you and shout out to all of you who have been listening since the beginning when you had no idea if I was the real deal or not, but you listened anyway. I love all of you. Um, just, just amazing, amazing connections have been made from this podcast. I feel like I'm going to cry, but again, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just, I'm just going to shift to some new content creation styles. Don't worry. Oh gosh. My favorite reviews in general talk about driving to school on Monday mornings, listening to this podcast. That always made me feel so good. People saying that they loved, um, that I talked about how I, had more to share with the world as a teacher and that they understood exactly what I was talking about. That was so cool. And people just sort of appreciating the need to be authentic in a space that sometimes feels anything but authentic. And that was really cool to connect with like-minded people like that. So many of you are those people. And I thank you for just being there and making it so that I didn't feel alone in all of these feelings that I was sharing on this podcast. Really, if you've been listening, you already know this story. But when I started the podcast, I did it because I wanted to have the financial freedom to have another baby. And with this baby, I wanted to stay home on the maternity leave that I wished I'd had with my first two kids when I was forced to return to school while living fully engulfed in postpartum anxiety. There were days where I would stay in the parking lot for 20 minutes before going in. I would be hysterically crying. I just wanted to go back and pick up my baby from daycare. And it was all of these moments that really lit a fire in me that kept me consistent with this business, even when it wasn't easy. 
There were late nights, we were moving, there were episodes where I'm completely breathless because I'm 30 something weeks pregnant, episodes that I tried to guide you all through keeping your businesses going during a pandemic when you were all just trying to stay afloat and so was I. So definitely ups and downs, but if you have something that's motivating you, let that guide you through the difficult times because it will get you to the good times. Thanks to this business, I had that extended maternity leave and I enjoyed every moment watching my daughter take her first bite of food, walk her first steps, her first everything, and I was absolutely sure I would return to teaching after my two years of maternity leave ended. But if you've you've been following my story, you know also that I decided not to go back, which was a really tough decision. Uh, Being a teacher was my identity. It was everything I'd ever known, ever wanted, ever worked for, and I worked so hard to get there. And I was a really, really good teacher. But I know I have more impact to make, and I see now that it can be done in different and bigger ways. And I know there are so many of you out there who feel the exact same way. So I decided to leave teaching to focus on my new company, Pop PD, which is a platform that will it, it will help all of you impact in a greater way and make more income. So to share more about Pop PD, the, I wanted to share with you the other day I had to give a two minute pitch for Pop PD and it was a storytelling pitch. So I had to tell a little bit of background about how I ended up creating this company. I thought it would be really neat to share here in this finale episode because I don't actually think I've ever told this story before, but I think it's one that you all can relate to. So here it goes. My co-founder Megan and I are former educators. I'll tell you my story today, but I'll start by saying we realized when we met and started chatting that our stories are very similar. As a fifth grade teacher, I became really interested in future ready learning and preparing students for the world they'd be living in, one full of new tech tools, collaboration, and problem solving. I built my own future ready model classroom, funded by my wallet, my friends and family, and donors choose. Soon, teachers from down the hall began to ask if they could come into my classroom to see what I was up to. They'd pull up a chair, watch a lesson, take notes, and try it with their own students. It was the highlight of my career. I was excited and soaking up every bit of information I could, and I was re-energized from sharing it with others. But there were a few problems with this style of leadership. First, I wasn't being compensated. It's not that my district didn't want to compensate me, but it wasn't something they had planned and budgeted for. 21st century learning wouldn't make it onto their district goals until many years later. Second, I knew I didn't have the reach I needed to really help more classrooms think about this model. My leadership efforts only got as far as the few surrounding districts. Unless you want to be an admin, leadership opportunities completely stalled at that point. Aside from inviting other teachers into my classroom, my only other choice was to leave the classroom and become a consultant or an administrator, which I didn't want to do. Two out of three teachers leave the classroom before retirement. Megan and I are on a mission to help burned out K-12 educators reignite their leadership, make money, and create real connection with peers through a creator economy and learning system for teachers that we call PopPD. PopPD gives teacher leaders the training and platform to create, design, and publish their own professional development training alongside a global network of other educators doing the same. 
We put one quick call out to my audience of teacher leaders and had 191 teachers sign up to publish their PD on our platform. As many of you know, the teacher training, traditional teacher training is limited. Teachers don't choose their instructors. They don't choose the topic. And teachers are literally falling asleep in the back of class. Pop PD puts the power of choice back in the hands of educators by tailoring the entire platform to teachers. We establish credibility and demand from our coaches and users. We're already seeing growth on our social media channels thanks to the efforts of our Pop PD coaches. And thank goodness they're already doing some of the marketing work because I'm too old already for TikTok. We're launching our site on May 20th. I'm so excited for you all on the podcast here to check out Pop PD and share it with your teacher friends. We have some seriously exciting things planned to kick off our launch May 20th and over the summer, and I just can't wait to hang out with everyone in that space and really give you a space to share your ideas. Now, as we've been navigating marketing for Pop PD, I've been really in the research, in the marketing research mode. Again, I've been really studying the trends and changes that are happening specifically with social media. So I wanna leave you with my four official predictions for the future of marketing. And I guess really like my four last, the final thoughts about marketing here on this podcast. Number one, authenticity is queen. Being genuinely you showing your face, discussing your wins and your losses, showing behind the scenes. This never went out of style and it's what everyone is looking for now. So don't worry so much about creating reels with transitions or dancing in front of the camera for TikTok. Just turn on that video camera and say what's on your mind. That's what people really want. Number two, simple is better. Again, this is not a new idea. But if you're noticing you're not getting returns from your efforts on social media, think about how you could simplify your funnel. What are some other ways you can get more eyes on your product or offer without feeling this pressure to constantly show up? I promise it can be done. Number three, networking is everything. Can you collaborate? Can you connect? Can you go to an in-person meetup? Set up coffee chats, engage with people on social media, find people who are working on similar goals, Even if it's a totally different business, a totally different industry, it's just nice to be in company with people who get it. And you never know where a connection will lead you. So go to that co-working space, go to that coffee shop, get some in-person meetups going, go to your local Rising Tide Society meetings and find some collaborations and find some other people who are working toward their dreams. It will push you harder to work toward yours. And last, breaks are a good thing. Do your people really expect you to be on all the time? Or is there an invisible layer of guilt telling you that you should be on all the time? People are not going to forget you simply because you took a week or two off of publishing your content. Be there when they need you the most and truly listen to what they're asking for help with right now because quality is better than quantity any day. All right, I will be over in my business supporting teacher business owners inside my membership, Teacher Hustle University. Still open. You can go to alyssamcdonald.com slash masterclass at any time to find out more about THU to get a free marketing training. I'll also continue to run my Course Creators Intensive Program, which is a 12-week program to help you take your idea for a course 
and take it all the way through to launch together with us in that 12-week program. And I'll also be running my group mastermind called Second Salary Society. This is for teachers who are really wanting to accelerate their growth in their business. And it is by application only. So you can reach out. You can always DM me over on Instagram, teacher by nap time, um, and reach out and let me know what you're interested in joining. And I will get you the information that you need. I'll also be over on Pop PD, creating the future of professional development, the way that teachers uh, should be able to choose and select their own training. So we can stay connected in all of those places. All of these podcast episodes will remain up for you to listen to as needed. This is not the end. It's really just the beginning.